Hello and welcome to another podcast from Betfair Trading Community with me, your host Martin. We're going to be talking about profitable horse racing strategies today with our Betfair Trading because actually I think that our horse racing software, the BetfairTradingCommunity.com horse racing software, is so powerful that we need to talk about it, right? We need to talk about why it's so powerful, why it's making a difference, why it's making so many horse traders profitable in the last, well, it has done in the last, what now, a year and a half, and why it's seen as the number one horse racing software out there. So the strategy builder is the thing that you're going to want to focus on. When you're using the Betfair Trading Community horse racing software, you're going to want to be focusing on the strategy builder. And the reason is this. You can literally create your own strategy. You can literally create your own strategy in the software and then run the results of that strategy through the back testing for the past 18 months. Um, well, actually, we've got over two years data, haven't we now, on the strategy software. So about two and a half years, you can literally run the data and see how your strategy would have performed. Now, the beauty of this is when you run that strategy, you're just going to get the raw data. You're going to get the raw, true results. There's no bias involved. There's no, you know, this is all just mathematical fact. This is statistics. And I always say as much as you can use facts, statistics and maths in your trading, the more success you're going to have. Because, you know, when we try and trade out of bias and opinion, I think it's very, very difficult as a long term approach. I feel like your mind has got to be sharp as forever to do that why not use the statistics that will actually tell you the answers to the questions of which horses of value what's the right trade in this market without you having to be on it every day on it absolutely and i always think this for people who trade just based on their opinion because i think it's very very difficult and i like the example i remember reading a poker book many years ago the example of someone who'd had an argument with their girlfriend and literally, you know, really solid professional poker player, really good at the game, just went in and lost loads of money. Because, and this was back in an age where poker wasn't so much a statistical game as it is now. Um, and so, you know, it was so easy to do. But, you know, let's say you have a bad mood. Are you really going to be at the peak of your predicting powers using your just your own opinions to trade? Right. So that is where the concern is. And that's why I love the horse racing software, because it just gives me statistical fact. Here's the strategy I've created. How would it have performed over the past couple of years? So I created a Dobbs strategy today that was based from a back to lay strategy that had worked and that was doing well. And the reason for this is this back to lay strategy that I had. The problem was that when running it, it had a stop loss built in. And an in-play stop loss is very, very difficult to execute. What someone pointed out to me was that actually what will happen in general is a lot of the time it will just smash through that stop loss. And so you're not going to be able to get the exact, you know, let's say you're going for 0.7 points loss on your stop, stop loss. Well, you're not going to be able to get exactly 0.7 because a lot of the time what will happen is it might come down a bit, it might head towards your stop loss, and then just as it's about to get there, it shoots past it further. 
So you end up having to take a stop loss that is bigger than the one you've planned in. Well, the problem is when you start trying to run back testing results on this, it's impossible to know what stop loss you would have actually got, isn't it? So what ends up happening is you create a strategy that doesn't actually, that's very hard to run in reality. So, um, and John had this idea, John, you know, I mean, if you're on the foot on, on the football, if you're on the horse racing forum, if you're on the forum for horse racing, you will know that John is just an absolute stalwart, an absolute legend of horse racing trading. And he is just the guru. He just helps out so many people. And he actually had the idea of, well, you can get rid of the stop loss and it still runs well. And I was thinking, okay, so this strategy that's back to lay, so we're backing horses at high odds and we're trying to get the, the odds to come in a lot in running and that's how we make a profit. It's targeting 1.1 points profit. So basically, you know, slightly more than doubling your money on that trade. And I thought, well, hang on, this actually could work well as a dobbing strategy. Now, if you don't know, dob, a dob strategy is double or bust, okay? Basically, let's say you use £10, and I'll probably do a video example of this just using the £10 idea because it's actually really straightforward when you do that. But basically, you back a horse at a high odds for £10, and then you're hoping the price halves, you lay it for £20, and you basically make £10 no matter what happens because of the way the odds went. And that's essentially how dobbing works. Now, the easiest way to do a strategy like back to lay is to use horse racing software for actually placing the bets. Um, I recommend Fairbot or Racing Traders for that personally. I, I use either, but um, I think at the moment I'm using Racing Traders for that. I'll probably do a video on that as well, using Racing Traders. But yeah, so basically that's how you do it because it, you can know exactly. So you can go, right, I put 10 pound in, okay, what price do I need to lay out to get £10 profit? You literally just have to scroll down on the ladder and it will show you and then you can place that trade ready to cash out when it hits that price in running if it does. Now, what happens if it doesn't hit that price? Well, you lose your stake, okay? But what's nice about it is it's basically a double or bust strategy. That's why it's called dub. dub. You either double your money, your tenner will turn into 20, or you lose your money and your tenner turns into dust, okay? That's a very simple way of trading. It's a very simplistic approach. And I feel that that's why it's so popular because, you know, rather than going, well, I want to try and get four or five ticks here and I'm going to I'm going to try and work all this out. You just straight up double or nothing, double or quits. You know, we all know about that from the old fashioned kind of gambling, um, maybe toss of a coin, things like that. But it's interesting, right? Because ultimately, what we've got here is a situation where we've got a strategy that works well as a back to lay and it's almost a dobbing strategy but it does have a stop loss so in this case what i did was i got rid of the stop loss and i changed the target and exit points profit to 1.0 which is essentially a dob and then we ran the results so i'm just going to pull that up now and i'm just going to have a look at it and kind of talk you through it because i think it's a really interesting strategy now, one thing when you're looking at profitable horse racing strategies, I want you guys to look at the rules. OK, so even if you're following someone else's strategy or even if it's one of your own, make sure you look at the rules and really get a hold of the rules of the strategy. Because this strategy, for instance, 
relies on runners between 5 and 18. So 5 and 18 runners in a race. Now, you might have a 5 runner race you're ready to do this on. And a horse pulls out at the last minute. Suddenly it's a 4 runner race. It no longer qualifies, okay? But you might miss that because you might not think about that rule as you're about to place your trade. And then, you know, 10 minutes before the off, a horse pulls out. Horse age as well. So on this strategy, and, and what we're finding a lot actually is that using horse, a horse's age makes a difference. A lot of the newer successful strategies I've noticed in the horse racing software that have been shared with us have been using the horse age between 3 and 9 or 3 and 10. In this case, it's 3 and 10. And I feel like that makes sense because, hey, if before, before a horse is 3, they're pretty young. Right. Think about a child. Right. And they're going to be new to the game. They're almost like a rookie to horse racing. So if they're running before that, they probably are more unpredictable. Also, you're probably going to have less data to go on with them. The next thing is age 10. Well, even 10 is fairly old for a horse. Any older than that, and you really are getting a race horse that, you know, is based on its last legs. Unless it's the Tom Brady of horses. It makes sense, right? It makes sense to go, okay, that there could be something here. Again, a lot of trading, a lot of betting, a lot of using, you know, horse racing software or, or the Betfair trading exchange to make money is trying to eliminate variables that could hurt you. And this is an example of that. Because, of course, a two-year-old horse might work well in the, in a specific instance. The same with a 12-year-old horse. But at the end of the day, we're removing some of the variance and we're going, no, we want things where we can be fairly sure this horse is in kind of the ripe age for this strategy. And that's why it works. Now, the other thing that is quite interesting here, and I've not seen this done before, but it's interesting, is that we have a rule group of none. So we do not want, and in this case it's runs, we do not want horses that have run 51 to 300 times. So again, this kind of makes sense. We don't want horses that are kind of, you know, had too much, lost too much of their peak conditioning because they've ran so often. You know, think running backs in the NFL. They have a certain timeline. They're being, there's a big thing at the moment about them being disrespected because they don't get paid very well compared to other positions. But the reality is that, you know, top running backs nowadays, they're only lasting kind of two or three years. I mean, think Jay Ajayi, right? Probably the best running back since Ricky Williams for the Dolphins, my team. So the one I think of specifically, he went and won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was actually quite an integral part of that playoff run, right? He was never really seen again after that. And it was because he had some knee problems and things like that. And as soon as that stuff starts to accumulate your career is is pretty much on the out because it's such a tough position well i guess this is the theory going in here a little bit with the horses going as soon as they've had 50 plus runs you know that's a lot of races that's a lot of races for horse racing you know it's a lot of wear and tear on the horse and so that makes sense i understand that as well and again that's the strategy now what's interesting is that I changed the rules, okay? I changed going for a dog. That's what we did, right? We went for a dog. I changed the rules there. I also changed the rule to starting at the official start time so that the dog is really easy to place manually because I know that some people still want to place things manually. Now, one thing I, I do like to look at, and I think this is really important, is you might want to look at maximum qualifiers per race. 
And in this instance, you know, when you're looking at dobbing, if you're getting more than one horse in a race, it's it doesn't seem to be as good, but you do get more selections. So it's one of those where you'll make more profit over the long term, but your rate of interest per trade will go down slightly. So that's a decision that you would have to make in that spot. But anyway, that aside, you know, because that doesn't matter too much. That's just a case of run it. You know, look at the results. Does it work? Um, now, when you're closing your trades with this, like I say, we're going for one pound profit. We're letting a trade run till the end of the race. And that's really important, obviously, with dobbing. And then I run the strategy results here. And the strategy has 11% ROI. This is solid. It's made £299 profit to £1 stakes. So 299 points up since, um, and the graph started around June 2021. So we're looking at the past two years of data here. And so that's pretty solid, right? That's a pretty good return. And obviously, you know, it's been doing well. I'm just having a look here. July is five points up so far. So as I record this, this strategy has been doing well. And I'm going to look at this strategy moving forward. And I really like the idea of it. But I was just thinking, how cool is it that I was able to take a strategy that didn't really work, that there wasn't really a way of doing it because of the stop loss. And all I did was I removed the stop loss, change it to a dob strategy, change the start time of the when we enter the trade and then bang i get in on the market and i have a look and actually running the results i didn't need to tweak anything to improve the results i didn't go oh well let me just change you know x y and z and actually this strategy still does well and this is the power i can check this now i could now go okay so you know show me the course breakdown i'm looking at the monthly breakdowns now of the profit but Show me the course breakdown. I want to see what are the results on each course. How does this strategy perform at each course that's on the strategy? And again, this could be something I look at. And, you know, I'm looking at it now. There's, there's not really any course. I mean, there's, there's one course that's down five points, a couple that are down four. There's not, But I wouldn't necessarily remove a course because of that because there's not really enough there where I go, okay, that, that's just a terrible. It's just like, you know, that could turn in a couple of months. Um, and yeah, I see there's some courses, you know, like Dundalk's 42 points up. So Dundalk is clearly an extremely good course for said strategy. Now, the other things I could do is I could then go, oh, I want to look at, you know, how does class affect it? How does the class of the horse, the class of the race affect the results? And that's another thing I can just run through the back testing software and actually just go and look at the results. I mean, that's incredible, right? It's incredible that we have the power to do that. And I can see here that all the one class one, two, three, four, five, and six are all profitable. Class seven, I don't think is in it. So I think that might be one. Oh no, actually it's so yeah, basically they're the classes that are in it and they've all done fairly well. Um, you know, some more than others, like class five is 123 points up alone. Um, and actually, the lower classes, four, five, and six, accommodate, you know, 250, around 250 points of the profit themselves on their own. So you could look at that and go, well, you know, I mean, class one's only six points up. I might not bother with that. Class three is only 10 up. 
Class 2 is 40 points up, so you might want to keep that one in. But yeah, you might remove class 1 here, just to go to the point of going, right, okay, well I'm going to remove you know, something that's profitable but only 6 points up in a couple of years. So actually, I'm happy to get rid of that, and I'll just go 2, three, two through 6 in terms of class. And that will reduce your trades, it will increase your ROI. And I don't think that's backfitting. I don't think that's a case of, well, we're just going to remove what isn't working. Because it's not that it isn't working. It's more that it's just not as good as the others. And it kind of makes sense, right? Maybe class one horses. So, you know, I always like to think of this stuff in terms of theory. So try and explain it. And your explanation might be, well, well class one horses... We all know about them. They're the most famous ones. They're the ones that get the media headlines. Maybe the bookmakers are more in tune with what they're actually going to do. And therefore, it's harder to get those to dob because essentially the bookmakers know that a class one horse where they're at. OK, that's a theory. I might be wrong on that, but it would explain these results. And again, it would explain why four, five and six do so much better than one, I mean, two does pretty well, but one and three. But even if you're just looking at one, you know, I mean, look at, let's look at class five, 123 points profit, class one, six points. The difference in that is staggering, right? So you could look at that and go, okay, I'm going to look at class and I'm going to remove class one. Then you could look at things like, well, do I want a handicap or do I want a non-handicap or do they both work? And you're not... You're not using categories that are really backfitting. I, I feel like sometimes the course filtering can be backfitting. Um, and backfitting, if you don't know, it's kind of where you're over-filtering to the point where you remove everything that hasn't worked. But because of that, you're actually removing stuff that hasn't worked that you don't really know whether it won't work in the future as much. So you're overdoing it. And what happens is your results tend to struggle because of that. So... I'm just having a look here and handicap is up 282 points and non-handicap is up 17 points. So to me, that seems pretty obvious. We could get handicap. You could just switch to just handicap it um, because non-handicaps, you know, they're 17 points up. There's about 10, well, there's about, I'd say about eight, nine times less trades than the non-handicaps on here. So you could say, well, actually the non-handicaps aren't doing that bad compared to trade rate, but there's no doubt that handicaps uh, are doing a lot better on this. So yeah, but that's just a few examples. I mean, again, you can go through anything and, and you know, race distance I could look at. I could look at whether they're the Betfair favorite. I can look at number of runners. You know, I can look at the country. You know, maybe the UK is doing better than Ireland in that respect. And it's actually pretty even. Um, Northern Ireland, not not that great, but still nine points up. So, so a lot of these things, when you look at them, unless they're showing a real sign of this needs to be got rid of, I'll tend to keep it in. You know, let's say I ran that and, you know, Great Britain was minus 100 points. I'd go, okay. Maybe we just stick to the Irish stuff, okay? So I think that's really important. But again, look at the power of what we've been able to do. And this is without really changing any of the filters themselves, right? What I could look at now is the betting rules and go, okay, well, this works well at odds of 15 to 25. 
what happens if I go for odds between 3 and 25? Or let's look at odds between 3 and 14 and let's see what the gap was. You know, because if we're touching the odds of um, 15 to 25, then let's have a look at some other odds ranges. How would they have performed? And again, this is another thing. You just do that. You change it in the rules. You just change the odds range. Bang, run the results again, and you have a look. And then you go, okay, what's the difference? And you can actually save the different strategies. That's what's amazing. So actually, if I did this at odds of 3 to 14, I would have lost £3. Okay, strike rate is basically bang on 50%. And really what's going to hurt you is just the commission over the long term. But then I could look at it and go, well, hang on. Great Britain is 90 points down, but Ireland is 70 points up. And Northern Ireland is 17 points up. So I could actually go, these work well at 3 to 14 on the Irish racing. And that might just be a very simple thing I can do. So I could go, okay, let's have a look at the Irish racing. So what I'm going to do here is I'm actually going to remove the course filter that was already there. And I'm going to choose Irish racing. Country, let's add the rule. And the country is Ireland and Northern Ireland. And I do not want Great Britain. Okay, and it's that simple, but that's the power of running these results. So yeah, I'm actually going to get back to editing this. Maybe make I'm going to make a new version. I'm going to keep the old one because I like that as well. But I'm going to have a new version where I look at the Irish racing here and see if there's an angle we can take there. All right, guys, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I just think that sometimes it's good to talk around these strategies. I know you can't see what's on my screen on a podcast, and that's kind of annoying. But I think it's really important to kind of get my kind of understanding. Because I know a lot of you guys only listen to the podcast, right? So you will get my understanding of why it is I'm doing what I'm doing and the power of the software. Because the fact that I can do all this so quickly in the software and develop, manage, create strategies, it's all because of the backtesting. Right, without the back testing, we'd have nothing because ultimately I'd then have to just forward test this to know if it's a decent strategy. But love it, guys. I think uh, if you're not on the horse racing software and you've been inspired by this message, then go and check it out. You know, especially if you're a football guy and you're looking at it and it's it's summer and you know, oh, there's not much on my football filters at the moment. Go and look at the horse racing because there will always be stuff on your filters for horse racing. It's a all year round sport. All right, guys. Hope you're well. Hope you have a great week. But most importantly of all, I hope you make some money trading on Betfair.